This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. Just a nice, lazy Sunday and a great football Sunday today because Manchester United beat Liverpool to (laughs) knock them out of the FA Cup. So I'm feeling good today. I'm having a good football Sunday. Wait, why are you laughing over there, Paulus? Is, did I miss what, something? What, yeah, th- just a little bit. Yeah, now you know the uh, the Packers ended up blowing a uh, NFC Championship game. Uh, you know, they like they did last year, but this one hurt a little bit more because it, it was against Tom Brady. So, oh wait, there was actual there was like American there was football. Fo- today? There was football today. It was there, Ameri- there was there, American football. It was oh, a, well, Amer- American football. Well, yes. My, yeah. My bad. I mean, I guess I, I guess I missed that. Uh, who won that game? Uh, just to, you don't Tampa, mind me asking. Tampa Brady. Tampa Brady. <laughs> yeah, another time. All right. You know, I'm just gonna get this off off the top real quick. Yes, I respect greatness, and what I'm about to say may contradict that. Yes, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but there are only a few people that I consider having a punchable face in sports. That's anybody with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steph Curry, and Tom Brady. I don't need another Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Just, I can't wait till he goes away. The only thing I can thank Tom Brady for, guys, the only thing, is that over the next two weeks, his face all over social media and Tampa Bay probably being the first team ever to actually host a Super Bowl, be the team, be the host team for a Super Bowl. I don't even know if we can say that, but... For the big game, sorry guys, don't shut us down. We're, you know, we're trying. <laughs> right. The only thing I can thank him for is it'll be a constant reminder that in two weeks, I get a fresh batch of my family's homemade jambalaya, man. <laughs> jambalaya on the big for the big game every single year. Ah, oh, gotta love it. I'm glad that you can stomach it because I I can't like I the I fact didn't say that I was watching the game right. <laughs> um, I'm sadly obviously I I mean obviously I'm going to be watching the game there for us but uh, it's just one of those things where it's like I'm sick and tired of seeing Tom Brady this will be his tenth tenth Super Bowl it's just at this point in time just stop you know like I'm I'm just done with it you you won the was it the mm. the divorce against Belichick obviously you know now for sure. Um, uh, it's just one of those things where I'm I'm just sick and tired of of Tom Brady and Gronk and it, Antonio Brown's going to be in a Super Bowl. Does that feel right? No. It, it doesn't. No. It really doesn't. Uh, our our buddy uh, Mark Ruper, shout out, uh, is a huge Steelers mm. fan. He's already he's already come out and said if if uh, uh, AB and Le'Veon both make it to a Super Bowl, he's not even going to watch it. You know, it's like and and I mean, as of right now, Kansas City is down uh, nine to nothing uh, here for us. But uh, with oh, uh, there is there with, is with about on. about oh. uh, three minutes there left in the game there for us. But it, it's just one of those things where like I'm just sick and tired of the yeah. same people getting there i don't know i'm just done with it i mean to my buddy bo who is a part of bills mafia i i know that's what paula said last week about the bills i know i know it i I know it didn't stomach well but fair enough but once again i stick by my guns on that you know passing 17 times running once like i just don't think you can win a super bowl doing that now they aren't they aren't terrible they aren't god awful or or however i put it uh it was a little it was overextending there for it but it is what it is 
So it's, there we go. It's okay. Was it, was it piss poor? Piss poor. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Tyra and Matthew. You know, <laughs> Honey Badger coming at you strong. Future Hall of Famer Honey Badger coming at me. Uh, you know, for calling out his piss poor defense. But uh, I do stick by my guns that they were a an average to below average defense the entire year. Now they've turned it on. You know, a, a good amount, you know, over the last month or so. But I stick by my guns. I, I mean, I'm looking at the statistics here, and, like, it it shows. Like, they're an average to below average defense. They have a couple of really solid players. I'm not going to stray away from what I said on that. Piss poor was too harsh. I'll agree with that. But they are an average to below average defense. Sorry. It is what it is. It is what it is. If people don't know. Paulus, of course, tweeted out a clip when we were talking about the Browns game last week, and we're going to get into all the offseason talk here because, you know, I haven't watched football all day because the Browns are done. They finally made the playoffs. They're done. I usually don't watch the week after the Browns are done. It's a little later in the season, so I'm not watching Championship Sunday. Sorry, not sorry. Someone, I our buddy James Carrelli tried to give me a cookie because he thought I was <laughs> upset. I don't care, dude. I I don't care about these teams. Bo, I love you. I wish the best for your team. I am not one of these Browns fans who want to be shake hands with Bills Mafia, not because I hate the Bills. I'm only a Browns fan. I'm not a fan of any other team. Whoever makes it to the big game, not rooting for anybody. I'm rooting for my stomach to be full with jambalaya, and hopefully the fresh the, the ingredients are already being picked up. Although I think they get them fresh the day before, so that's there even better. Go. That's even better. But Tyron Matthew did come at Paulus. The funny thing about that tweet is that you really didn't tag anything or hashtag anything with no. the Chiefs. So he was he was looking. He was looking. He was looking. And like that's how you can tell. Like what? Once again, it's not a gotcha moment. They beat us. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like yeah, you got me. Yeah. You know, like that's how it was. You got uh, the ultimate. Got me. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. And, and once again, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. And now, once again, nothing against Bill Ma- Bill's Mafia. I love the fans. You know, yes, the, the players. Great. Like I like Josh Allen's progression. Yes. I think that he's improved. I think he is the top three top four MVP candidate. It, it just is what it is. When you throw for 70% completions and have 40 touchdowns, you deserve it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'll say that, but at the same time, like I would rather lose to the Super Bowl winner mm-hmm. and, and you'll know, get knocked out by them yeah. than get knocked out by, you know, the guy that's going to end up in third place or something. You know, like right. that, that's kind of how I feel about yeah. that. Now, once again, I, I was saying it to Chiefs Kingdom and you know all of their fans like I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I'm rooting. I was rooting for a State Farm Super Bowl. That's what I wanted. I wanted an Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. I think that that would have been legendary. But I got a feeling it's going to be Tampa Brady versus Buffalo. And like to me, that just doesn't sit well for me. And like as much as I want to root for the Bills at that yeah. point in time, you know what? I I can't. And you know why I can't? Because misery loves company, and you have never won a Super Bowl, Buffalo. I don't want you to win a Super Bowl and us still be without one. Without even going without to one. Without even going to one. Like, like they went to four in the 90s. You know, good for you. Like, I want them to get a Super Bowl eventually, just not ahead of us. You know, like, and their fans, I know they're going to crush me for it. And, and every, yeah. Deservingly so. You know what? Deservingly so. I, I, I'll take it all. But at this point in time, like, I just... 
I'm just sick of of not going and getting to a you. Super Bowl, and I the fact you. that this will be their fifth one now, fifth one in 30 years. Okay, I so I get that, but yeah. like, if they win the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be pissed off or anything like that. I just, yeah. man, like I, I all know. these teams winning Super Bowls whenever we don't have one, it kills me. It, it straight up kills me. But at the same time, I don't want to see Tom Brady get seven. Like that's ridiculous. I don't want to see that. I. We, it needs to end in a tie somehow. Please, God. <laughs> end in a tie. Hey, I'm right there with you. I'm yeah. right there with you. And for all those that may be tuning in for the first time or don't know, Tyron Matthew might is a new fan of ours. He might be. If you're if you're watching <laughs> after the game, Tyron, hopefully you guys won and you're in a good mood. If not, uh, you know, yeah, claps he, on a good hey, season. Either way, one absolutely. one way or the other. Yeah. But Tyron Matthews a fan of ours. He's found our show. You guys tuning in, we appreciate you tuning in to The Voice of the Land, a big play production here, also partnered with Web Streaming Studios by LPV Productions. Of course, our sponsor this season is DP Construction LLC. If you have any concrete construction needs around the house, around the business, those guys, will re- you can reach out to them. Tyler LaFrada will put his name on anything. He sends Uncle Steve out. He trusts Uncle Steve to get the work done, and they are a great company Great friends, great supporters of the show, but there's so much great work that they are doing for people. Just go to their Facebook, DP Construction LLC. All you got to do is type that into the search bar. Scroll through the pictures of all the work that they have done. It looks beautiful, but the time, the effort, the diligence put in, the attention to detail put in is what brings those beautiful pictures out. You can also call them at 330-217-4999. That's 330-217-4999. You can even get a quote through Facebook or reach out to Tyler Tyler directly, tylerthefrada at gmail.com. He's putting his name right there at the forefront. Trust his product. We trust him. You guys should too. So any concrete construction needs that you have around the house, reach out to our guys at DP Construction LLC. Of course, I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold, here on The Voice of the Land, joined, as always, by the one getting into the honey badger and everybody else's <laughs> <laughs> bad graces around the NFL. My brother, Nick Paulus, wouldn't have it any other way. And, That's of right. course, our producer extraordinaire behind the proverbial glass, Peter Tellup. And, of course, you can always find us all over social media at VTL underscore pod, Twitter and Instagram, Voice of the Land on Facebook. Find us also. All the shows will be posted live to our Twitter, Facebook page, Big Plays Facebook and YouTube page. And, of course, on the Sportscaster app as well. And we'll always post those clips throughout the week. So who knows which next NFL or professional star (laughs) will be replying to one of us for... Our takes here on The Voice of the Land. Come on, Baker. Hey, we, we, we were always told by uh, our buddy Emmett Golden, you you know that you got something good going when people disagree. That's it's one that's thing for point. everybody to disagree. People and start tell you, calling you out. Tell you all you're doing is, is great, and you guys got a great thing going. When they start to disagree, they start hitting you up on Twitter, and they that's disagree. Right. That's when you know you really got something. <laughs> Today, we are going to focus on the Browns offseason. We're going to get into a little bit of Cavs as well. They, Of course, they had an incident with Kevin Porter Jr. He's been traded to the Rockets, but there's they got a couple big wins, back-to-back wins against the Nets, so we'll kind of talk about are they for real, are they not, what we look for actually now seeing Cavs basketball, what we look for moving forward, and uh, kind of get into all of that towards the end of the show. 
do want to just start, just want to send our thoughts, our prayers to our friend, our men, one of our mentors, Matt Lodi. Uh, you guys know Lodi Strong. We've talked about him before. Uh, been going through cancer, did get some scans back, and unfortunately mm-hmm. there is some some cancer still left. He's trying some other treatment, but uh, able to manage it. But unfortunately, I believe his father and now he, him, he has tested positive for COVID-19. Had a, had a strong fever, I think it was 104 yeah. yesterday, but they were able to get that down. Uh, feeling a little bit better today, but uh, he did post on his Facebook, and, and, and I know his wife was posting to send prayers. Lodi, you always have our prayers. You always are in our thoughts. We can't thank you enough for everything you have done for us. The, just the inspiration that you have shown us as a broadcaster, but it more so as a person. Thankful for your friendship. Thankful for all that you do. Wishing you all the best. It's it's not fair, but we know anybody that can get through it. It's you, and forever, Lodi Strong. Yep, absolutely. So getting in to the Browns talk in the off season. I know we kind of discussed planning, getting into this top three things that you have for their off season. Unfortunately, we have to talk off season now. I haven't even yet to look at a mock draft yet. I haven't because we're at 26. So you're, you're a ways down. You're a ways down. There are many things for a team like the Browns that are trying to take that next step to be one of these last four teams that are playing today, (coughs) next season. They have other things they need to worry about. Free agency will be more impactful. What they do, who they re-sign, who they extend will be much more impactful. And then you're just adding depth, young depth, going through the draft. Like, we've been wanting to be one of those teams later on in the draft to be able to pick up a steal, a value pick at the end of the first round that you know it doesn't have to play right away Mm -hmm. or at least play every snap right away can learn and then impact and actually grow, progress. And you saw what this coaching staff can do to develop skills, develop talent this season. So looking forward to all of that. Paulus, what is one of your top storylines that you're looking for the Browns in this offseason? I mean, you can go straight with, you know, with the defense. Mm. I mean, you can straight up just say, get me anything on defense. Right. Uh, you know, as it was a sieve of a defense, you know, especially towards the end of the year. Therefore, it's really whenever Miles ended up getting uh, contracting COVID, yeah. it really affected him. And, and you could tell, like, he just wasn't the same, right. you know, the same guy after that. So hopefully, if he can go through breathing treatments or whatever he has to do to get back on pace uh, like he was last year. I mean, there was a, I think it was like a, what, a four or five game stretch of him getting a strip sack and a fumble. And I mean, it might've been six games. I mean, it was a lot of games in a row, uh, but he, I mean, he was dominant at one point in time. He he looked like he was going to be the defensive player of the year. Unfortunately, that fell off. He missed a couple of games. That's going to happen. That being said, you absolutely, you can't go wrong with getting any defensive help anywhere, but I'm going to look primarily at like the defensive line pass rushing scheme because you are going to be without Olivier Vernon. A, they're not going to be bringing him back because of his contract. I mean, uh, his contract expires after this year, and he just tore his Achilles. Like He's not even going to be able to be on the field until at the earliest 
October, November next year. So, I, I mean, he's already gone, you know, so you got to look elsewhere for that. And that's unfortunate, but that does mean that nine sacks on your defense that got a grand total of 38, which isn't terrible. It's about league average there. But without having those nine sacks right there, you got to figure out where, where are you going to get that from? You're probably not going to get it from a rookie. You know, like you, you really don't see a lot of rookie you know, products coming straight out of the gates, giving you 10 sacks. Now, if they do great, but I, I don't see that happening. You got to look somewhere in free agency for that. Now I'm not saying you can trade to get like a JJ Watt or anything like that. JJ Watt has $17 million left on his contract. I know a lot of people, they, they were saying on get up and in a couple other places as well. They were like, well, why don't you just trade Odell for JJ Watt straight up? Really? You want to do that? Like that just sounds like the dumbest trade mm. in the world to me. Yo, Sean yeah. Watson's not going to be there, so right? right. Well, yeah, but, you're hey, really going to get disgruntled, <laughs> OBJ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're you know if, if you're going to send him anywhere to die, the Texans would be the place yeah, uh, to go to. So uh, I, I just don't see it. I know the the money matches up and everything like that, but you're not going to be able to get someone like that. And I honestly don't want a JJ Watt, a 32, 33 year old guy who's way past his prime. You know, coming back and trying. To, trying to do something for you. I, I want someone a little bit younger, so you're going to have to spend on something. If you want to try maybe pry like Bud Dupree away from him, now he does have an injury. Uh, you know, I believe he tore his Achilles or or his uh, ACL. I believe it was his ACL uh, for uh, the Steelers. But maybe if you can pry him away, maybe get him uh, you know down the road. But once again, that's an injured player as well. You got to look for something. I, I don't know who to get, but you got to get someone as a pass rusher to help out miles because miles had no help as soon as uh, you know ov went out it was donezo like you couldn't get pressure on anything so you absolutely need to get some pressure yeah it's that is one of those storylines that they're gonna have to look at you have to miles garrett receives so much attention absolutely and that's you saw what he was after COVID and even a guy that has the physique, the, the puts in the body, like the, the yep. work on his body, like he does and his mental awareness, his mental toughness that he does throughout the off season. He can be one of those dominant defensive players, but when he's the only person you have to plan for or be afraid of on that defensive front mm -hmm. and you can't get pressure from the other side, you can't rely on Miles Garrett to get a sack every single play. That's why that third and 14 is so maddening. That because, will haunt us forever. Because, that one, yeah. Because everybody wants Miles Garrett to get the, get a second sack. He gets the sack to force third and 14. Right. But he want but you got to have someone else that can step up. You got to be able to get a stop on third down, not in necessarily a flashy play either. Yeah. Just a basic tackle that forces them to punt that ball away. I don't want to dwell on last week at all because sure. past it, but it's a, it's a play like that that is a microcosm example of why that guy on the other side of the line that can instill fear so that the double and triple team defensive or offensive coordinators, offensive line coaches have to second-guess that in their plan, planning against the Browns' defense moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know, Defense or offensive coordinators this year against the Browns knew we're going to get yardage. If we don't turn the ball over, we're going to get yardage and we're going to have opportunities to score. 
Now, fortunately, the Browns were able to outscore some teams this year, too. And that's that's a breath of fresh air for an offense to be scoring that instead of 13 to 17 points a, points a game or less. Right. And not getting with the times the NFL scores are up. Yeah, teams play defense, mm-hmm. but scores are up in the NFL. So you got to be able to score the ball, but you got to make that one impactful play or those couple impactful plays defensively that's not just turnover based or sack based you gotta make those key third down fourth down plays as a defense to get your offense back on the field or to seal a game away yeah it can't always be while the quarterback and the coach they get a lot of the recognition they get a lot of the credit when you win they get a lot of the flack when you lose you're not always gonna have your quarterback on the field to win the game if you wanted your quarterback to come last week, come back on the field last week, had to make a play. Get somebody that has NFL experience. It's the, it's not the same level of athleticism and stuff, but it's a similar conversation I've had about the Indians outfield. You don't stop trying to develop guys because you haven't been able to mm-hmm. get a viable professional solution. athlete, professional solution. It, not looking for an all-star. I'm not looking for a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone that can get the job done. Someone above average that can get the job done, which you can find, and you can get someone with actual experience. Well, look at someone like Ronnie Harrison. I Absolutely. mean, Ronnie, Ronnie Harrison's the perfect example to that because is he a Pro Bowl player? Probably not, at least not right now in his career, but he's a very good player that is. It could be a solution. You know, So find someone like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, find someone that can you can plug in, play, and now they're giving Miles Garrett, when he's actually fully healthy, still giving him a breather. Then you get that Miles Garrett that is a true beast at his full athletic potential, right? At full bore, basically 100% the entire game because he can go, go, go because he's got someone on the other side and he mm-hmm. can sometimes maybe drop back if they have to, if he has to cover, but more so get in on the, get in on those gaps on the run game, get sure. in on those key strip sack fumble plays, having the energy to do that, not just in the first quarter or early in games. We saw a lot of those earlier in games. The reason why teams were able to come back because defense started getting up a lot of yardage. Offense kind of went away. We take our foot off the gas pedal. We lacked aggressiveness offensively sometimes. Defensively, we couldn't get a stop. Yeah, You have to be able to. If you really want to have a balanced attack and play sound football in all three phases, that's number one. What is number two for you? Uh, number two for me, it's it's getting right with uh, just having the continuity, the the consistency mm. with the coaches, making sure that they bring back the entire staff. It, I understand a lot of people weren't fans of Joe Woods, you know, like to to me, you know, especially after you know seeing that playoff game. But if you think about it, you held the Chiefs to three points in, in the second half. Mm. You know, so like you were doing something right now. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes wasn't out there for a good chunk of that second half, but they kept you in it. I like the way that we're schemed up, mm-hmm. especially you know, offensively, obviously, defensively. We just need to get more players out there. So, like, I just want to see them bring back the consistency for it. So that would be my number two, just bring back the consistency of the coaching group. 
mine goes to the next level of defense. You got to find answers at the linebackers. Similar to, not, again, I'm not looking for all pro, mm-hmm. uh, you know, LT or Ray Lewis right. or those kind of like future Hall of Famers. Yeah. Just looking for guys that are going to make a tackle. We had a linebacker not make a tackle in a in an entire, entire game. game, right? And he was around the ball the entire game. Started, started, didn't make a tackle. Now, talking about Mac Wilson, of course, you know, of course, he didn't get fined this week for that hit on Patrick Mahomes. There wasn't anything either way in all right. of that. And I know he has gone back and forth with fans that have called him out, but. You got to see the bigger picture. Each one of these players needs to look themselves in the mirror. And if you really thought that you wanted more and you were good enough to get more out of this season, why didn't you? Yeah. What didn't you do to help the team get more out of this season? That's the reflection they have to have. But you got to find some sort of semblance of a linebacking core. Sure. And to ask them to get a semblance of a starting linebacking core and depth is still a lot, even with how few pieces they are away from being a true championship contender. Mm -hmm. But it's possible. It is possible. And then that's when it comes down to hitting in those later round picks that we saw Andrew Berry hit on a few Mm -hmm. and hoping that at that safety position, you get one of those picks to come in and and get healthy in Grant Delpit to then have your secondary look like you wanted it to, linebacking core is number two for me. Uh, Peter, I forgot to just going back and forth here. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, some of these storylines, where are you at with, with the Browns? Just a couple storylines you're looking for this offseason before we get into number three. Well, like, I agree with both of you. I, I You know, the offense has been great. I think the consistency of coaching is – we really need that because we've had so much turnover. You know, we talk a lot about getting a, you know, culture established here. Yeah. And I think, you know, bringing, being able to bring back the coaching staff, the whole coaching staff and, and start building that. So we have some consistency there. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the, like the schemes are there. I think the, the idea is there. It's just finding the right pieces to put in there. Sure. Yeah. But definitely we need someone to help miles. I think, you know, him coming back after COVID, he wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. It was obvious. I mean, he, the guy was, you saw him over on the sideline, you know, trying to catch his breath. Yeah. You know, obviously that affected him. We're, we need linebackers. I said it last week. We, you know, I don't know where we're going to find them, but we need them because it honestly, sure. in some mm-hmm. games, it looked like, you know, there was no one in the middle of that field between the, the defensive line and the backs because as soon as anyone got in there, they were just, yeah, no one gone. touched them. Oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, definitely help for you know help on the line, linebacking core. Um, I, I think if they address those two things, that's gonna that's gonna be huge for this team. And one linebacker that I love is B.J. Goodson, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of player that you hope can be rotational guy as part of that depth. Not saying that right. You know he could start, but not on not not having to use just him on every play or a few BJ Goodsons, at least with that mentality, that style of play. Yeah, you absolutely have to have a core. I like BJ Goodson. I like what I saw a lot from Jacob Phillips. He did come on at the end of the season. He He did. He really did. And then obviously Sione. Sione Takitaki, 
balled out in some games. And he got, needed to. He absolutely did need to, but then he got shown up in a couple as well. So that does, I mean, you're absolutely right. They're rotational players. Like, I would I love to have a Ray Lewis, you know, to, to have someone in the middle of the defense that you know never will leave the game? Yeah, that'd be awesome. But there are very few defensive players out there, let alone just players in general, that never leave a game. And like, trying to find a Luke Keekley isn't going to happen, especially in, in, in today's NFL. It just, unfortunately, it doesn't happen. Um, so, yeah, I think that is um, – uh, that that is something else. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to see them try and get a linebacker as well. And you're in one of the you're in one of, if not the toughest division in all of football. Still, I know where the other teams are at, where the Steelers are at with Ben Roethlisberger and where he's at in his career. You know, you're hoping the best, at least for a local kid, an Ohio kid, sure. and Joe Burrow. So you're gonna have battles with down the. Down the state in Cincinnati, you're going to have battles with them. Those games were close all year, too, anyways. And the Ravens are always going to be good. And you know what makes those teams good, especially a team like the Ravens? They find those guys, or at least not necessarily Ray Lewis quality, mm-hmm. but kind of that next step down. They were in the playoffs last year. Yeah, they got knocked out after one game. But they were able to find a guy like Patrick Queen. How many times did you hear the guy, the name so, Patrick Queen? So I want to say that. Okay, so Patrick Queen, in everyone loves Patrick Queen. Okay, he is a god awful defender. Okay, it mm. just straight up like the guy can make tackles all day long, which is great. But you also have to be able to guard a pass right. as well. He gets shown up on every single play. And if, if Ravens fans want to come after me, go right ahead. Go check out Pro Football Focus. We're going after everybody go, now. Go check the out Chiefs Pro, were just the start. Go everybody. check out Pro Football Focus. He is like dead last mm. as a linebacker, ranked Covers. as a linebacker. Just okay. in general, oh, as wow. a linebacker. It's because he's an average he's an average run tackling linebacker, but he's like the worst of the worst whenever it comes to pass defended. And you know who's right up next to him on that list? Joe Schobert. Which, go figure. Yeah. You know, like, Everybody's it, it, saying they want a Joe Schobert back. Right, yeah. You're, you're not paying $40 million right. for a Mac Wilson-esque type of player. <laughs> it is what it is. But, yeah, we, we go on from there. I do want to get to my third point, and then we'll, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah. we'll go from yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Third point here for us, for me personally, is obviously, and, and once again, this has been all defensive-centric, which is where we really need yeah. to worry about that. I What I love to see Baker improve and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Baker balled out this year, you know, especially that second half. So I'm not too concerned about that. Just keep progressing like he has to. You got to find a second corner. Mm-hmm. Like I am sick and tired of rotating through corners and going through like Robert Jackson's. Like I, I, I can't stand watching guys out there that I don't even know who they are half the time. Yeah, it bothers the hell out of me. And and like I know that we were banking on Greedy to be there, and it, it's unfortunate that he has that pinched nerve apparently he can't feel his you know he can't feel his arm apparently it's one of those things where it bothers me that that we don't have that secondary guy we were banking on greedy going into this year and then i think it was the second day at practice Mm. is whenever he you know pinched his nerve or or whatever it was and he was out for the rest of the year we need to find a second corner so bad i really don't care if the browns who have the 26th ranked pick pick just go straight up 
all defensive backs this draft. <laughs> we have nine picks this draft. Just go, just go corner every single time. Maybe throw in a pass rusher every once in a while. Right. Uh, but you got to find somebody. You have to because we get torched like nobody's business out there. And Denzel holds up pretty well. You know, Denzel. Does. You know, there there was a stat out there uh, that before last week that Denzel doesn't get burned. Like Denzel hasn't given up more than eighty yards in the last five years, and that goes back to whenever he was playing at Ohio State. So that makes me feel pretty good. But it's the other side of the field, and it's the slot that we get crushed every single game, as well as tight end, but that's a linebacker issue. Uh, but you need to, you absolutely need to find that secondary, uh, that that second cornerback to Denzel, because if you don't have that, you're not beating the teams like Kansas City, especially whenever Mahomes is out there. You're probably not going to beat Buffalo, you know, because, you, I mean, they, they got a full lineup of wide receivers as well. It bothers me that you can't match up with these teams whenever, once again, I think that the Browns offense at its best, yeah. you know, doing the best things that they do is almost as unstoppable as those offenses. Right. Peter, third storyline for you, something that you that even a question mark or question you have for the team that you don't have the answer for, but you want to see them answer this offseason. Well, I can't disagree with the corner. I mean, but I'm also thinking kicker. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, that's fair. You know, we, we definitely need help in the backfield. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. But we also need consistency in kicking. And, you know, for the most part, Cody Parkey actually did okay. Mm-hmm. But there were just a couple where he missed. And you're like, how the hell did you miss that? Um, so really, I think, you know, but those are points. I mean, those are straight up yeah. points off the board with uh, without a good kicker. And I don't know. Um, it, it's a tough one because I can see that, you know, Ward does a great job out there. But mm-hmm. like you said, he, you know, he can't cover the whole field. So he can't. I mean, yeah. he can cover half the field. You know, which is, he does a pretty good you know, job. At it. Yeah. Every time that, you know, he was covering half the field, you know, like I said, I, I think that he's he's really good yeah. you know, at, at that. But once again, there's the other half of the field that they just go right off of. And, and it's almost unstoppable. Yeah. I do want to say that it, it is nice, though, that we're looking at how how can we improve the, this team we have instead of having where do we start to rebuild right, right. because it is such a great feeling as much as I hate not still being you know sure. football yeah. right now and that's exactly what I was going to going to say is we're talking about the refreshing part about this as frustrated as we are with the pieces that we want fixed is that we are breaking it down to the like individual roster spots. We're not saying we're devoid of everything. Right. We're devoid from top down, like we said last week. We are going in depth to find these storylines that they are going to have to cover. And, you know, we've talked about pass rush. We've talked about linebackers. And, yeah, you know, there are some guys that these other teams have that, you know, maybe guys or get overrated a little bit. Sure. But they at least are able to, for some reason, they are the ones that make plays against us. Like, I want the guys that are going to make plays against those teams that always show up in those games. We have a core. It's about finding more of those types of players. My final storyline, my question mark is, who gets extended this offseason? I would... I say Baker has earned an extension. Sure. But you got other contracts coming up too for 
you have Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward. Who do they go after? What money mm-hmm. do they spend on that? How long do they try to extend having guys on rookie contracts to be able to bring in other guys to take advantage of this round mm-hmm. of a of a window being open? Not saying that just if Baker gets a lot of money, they can't sign a lot of guys. Sure. Or the cap space isn't what we are used to it being here in Cleveland, which love to see it on the other end of the spectrum because you have that many good players. And Andrew Barry even said, I want a lot of good players on this team. Mm-hmm. How long do you let those rookie contracts go to get that initial window and then to be able to get to the mountaintop and then you know we're going to try to stay at the mountaintop like that's where you you're that's, that's where you're trying to climb you're trying to climb to the mountaintop so that when all of these financial and business decisions have to really be made you have a you have that culture fully sure in place and hey other free agents or you know these Players we're talking about, not necessarily all pro or pro bowlers, Hall of Famers, but free agents that will sign for, you know, those smaller deals that can still have an impact on your team. Hey, they just won. They just won. Let's see if I I want to go help them out. If they have a great team over there, I want to try to help them get to another one. Right. No, you I, always want more. Once you get <laughs> once you get a taste, you always want more. So it, the way that I put this, and I I don't know. I believe we talked about this last week. I, uh, I spoke with you know we spoke with Tony Grossi, mm-hmm. uh, you know for uh, opening drive. It was last week or the week before, and we were talking about who's going to get left out of, of the contract yes, talks yeah. and, and everything we like did that. At the end, yep. and, and we talked about possibly Denzel, maybe Wyatt Teller, Nick Chubb, something like that. Mm-hmm. You got to look at it from the standpoint, and, and I like where your head's at because I would love to extend all of these players but right financially it can't be done exactly you know, it, now andrew barry's done a great phenomenal job with the cap i believe we still have like 25 million dollars or something like that you know under the salary you know, salary cap right now now that's just you know that'll you know move into next mm. year and we'll be able to you know pump everything up and you know kind of go from there with all of that and yet dead deals one year is coming it, off too it, it, exactly i mean i think there's 18 unrestricted free agents out there hollywood being one of them you know that's something like i would love to bring hollywood back i love everything about hollywood you know roll out the red carpet yes we absolutely love him but financially is he going to fit here whenever you're paying 17 million dollars to odell i believe 16 or 17 to uh, jarvis as well you know you got hooper who's making 10 million a year like there's a lot of things and, and, and Donovan Peoples Jones balled out for, for a good portion of the year. He looked really good. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things that, you know, can you strike twice in getting a rookie wide receiver to take over what Hollywood did? Um, I, I don't know if you can or not. I, I love the rapport that he has with Baker, but I think he's going to have a better contract elsewhere. I know he wants to stay in Cleveland cause he loves Cleveland, but I mean, can you really, if, if you're Hollywood Higgins, a third wide receiver, a third depth wide receiver, which he's a great third, you know, he's solid too, but great third. If if he gets offered a, let's say a three year, $12 million deal by Dallas or, you know, I'm, I'm throwing out Dallas, I'm wherever, Green Bay, you know, let's say he gets a three year, $12 million deal. 
or a two year, you know, six million dollar deal here. You know, like what what are you gonna take? If I'm Hollywood, I'm jumping at the, mm. the opportunity to go play for the Packers or yes. or wherever at, at that point in time. Now those deals are gonna come and go. But I think you absolutely need to lock up now, whether it's this offseason or next. Baker for sure. Like yes. I, I saw there were, you know, mock deals out there, you know, of people going, Oh, let's sign Baker to a four year, $136 million deal. Yeah. That sounds great. You know, like, mm-hmm. sure. Sign me up for that. But sign Baker, sign Chubb, sign a white teller. You have to sign him. I loved everything about him. Unless you can tell me Bill Callahan is going to be the offensive, you know, yeah. is going to be the O line yeah. coach here for the next three years. If, if you want to do away with Wyatt, but keep Callahan, Callahan here for three years. You can promise me Callahan will be here. I think you can teach someone how to do that, yes. but you absolutely have to have Bill Callahan here. So, uh, but you know, so once again, Baker, Chubb, White Teller, for me, those are the major ones because I would, you, you have to show up your offensive line. Nick Chubb's a stud. You have to sign him. You got to sign Baker. I want Denzel. But Denzel's going to be asking for a lot of money. Your corners always do. Jalen Ramsey's averaging $20 million a year. Can you pay a corner $20 million here? I don't think so. It, not whenever you have Miles and Baker and, and you're going to pay Chubb. I mean, look at what the Rams did, okay? The Rams signed Jared Goff, bad contract, signed uh, uh, Aaron Donald, great contract, Jalen Ramsey, and then they also signed Todd Gurley. Okay, Todd Gurley ended up being a bust. As soon as he signed that deal, he was trash ever since then. Can you afford to do that? I don't think Chubb's going to be a bust, so you're going to want to keep him, but you can't pay Denzel no. $15 million. It's just not feasible. I, I don't think so. And that's where Andrew Barry is really going to make his mark on being a consistent GM for the Browns right. moving year to year because while these guys have earned second contracts, you said it perfectly, Paulus, <laughs> not every single one of these guys is going to be able to stay. That's just the business of the NFL. You're not going to be able to keep every single good player on this Browns team. So the question Andrew Barry is going to have to answer is, do I risk and take this fifth-year option, put that on Baker, and extend that all out? Mm -hmm. Or do I sign him now and then, you know, that starts the process of we're not going to be able to sign guys for other contracts moving forward. Like, that's going to speed up that process. Like, yeah. it's it's risk over reward. That's that's really the balance. I don't have the answer. Sure. I know what I want. Right. But well, if, well, if what my, do you want? What do you want? I would I would love them all to be signed. Like, that's 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 right. the unrealistic side of, of things, because as a fan. Anybody that impacts my team, especially a team that hasn't won anything. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we just won 11 and 5, won our first playoff game. Should have, probably should have won the second playoff game, and we should be playing this week. It's unfortunate, whatever, we're over that. But the thing is, yeah, of course we want all these guys back, but it's not feasible. It's not feasible. I'm not paid to answer that question. <laughs> Andrew Barry is, right. and that is the th- plus. That it's is, not our money. <laughs> that's, but that's that, true. That's going to be the development this off season. That is going to be one of those main storylines to really look ahead at. I think this whole Brown season. I mean, yeah. we know we know the main players. We know that Miles had uh, a great had a great of season course, until yeah. COVID. Chubb, what he did on offense, and Baker, his development, now being able to go from 
this year having confidence into the offseason with the same scheme, the same coaching staff. All of that is going to be huge for this team moving forward. We yep. know, And we know who's at the forefront of that. That's Coach Stefanski. Coach Coach Kev, the real Coach, Coach Kev. Kev. That's right. Uh, I'm just a you know cheap, not meaningless knockoff. Uh, when I get when I so get, so I got co- called the uh, the great value action Bronson. So like, are you the great value uh, Kevin Stefanski? Great value, Aldi. Right, you're right. Yeah, like, exactly. Like the Myers. Hey man, I, I'm trying. I'm out here trying to save money anyway. So like, yeah, I'll take I'll take that as absolutely. A yeah, that's, save that's, a lot. There we go. Yeah, save a lot. You know. So he's. He's at the forefront of it, and right. this team has taken on that mantra. Yeah, there'll be other questions like OBJ, and they're talking that they want to bring him back, and and they, Andrew Barry wants every good player on this team. Of course, I would love. I honestly, I would love to see OBJ with this version of Baker, where he's he understands trying to take what the defense gives him instead of trying to force uh, a superstar wide receiver the ball. Mm-hmm. But if and if they bring OBJ back and he's not a part of that culture, Baker's not changing for OBJ. Right. Baker's following Stefanski and what they've already established and what he found worked for him this year and fine-tuning things. So I want to see OBJ, but it's up to him to buy into what actually was done. Before we get to the Cavs, just and this is going to be very, very quick, Browns fans. Anybody that is saying trade Jarvis Landry so yeah let's talk about that for a hot second because i i didn't see anyone saying that but like i saw a lot of people going like oh quit saying that quit i didn't see anyone saying it right i don't i don't know where this is coming from i don't know either like like i hear the trade odell all the time and i get like if you don't want to see that yeah i see that but i've i haven't i have yet to see someone say we should trade jarvis i have not seen that but i've seen people saying if you say we have to trade Jarvis. Like I've seen the reaction yeah. to it. I've never seen anyone say trade juice. If they did, crazy talk. You know what I think it is? I think it's, you know, some of these other like social media figures that yeah. are in Brown's Twitter and Brown's Nation. Okay. That in their videos or their posts, they talk about Jarvis. And somebody still with like it's says like user one six five seven nine two okay. one with still the egg, the traditional, the old school <laughs> right. egg on their Twitter profile picture. Someone like that saying trade, uh, trade Jarvis, and there's like a bunch of them, because I'm like I'm with you. I'm asking Brown's Twitter, like send me, show me where you've seen people say trade yeah. Jarvis, because I've only seen you complaining that people are saying trade Jarvis. If people are saying that, that's absolutely ridiculous. I'm 100%. not even I'm not entertaining that. Yeah, we love Jarvis on the show. We talk about bless him all the time. But if that's really a conversation, I want to actually see it because I don't know what people are saying. I only see that people are complaining. Right. I I have no no idea where it came from. (laughs) Another player that a lot of people I actually saw talking about trade or get rid of in this town, Colin Sexton, early on in his season or or in his career. Cavs are off to a, I believe they are eight and seven now after their win against the Nets on Friday night. They they are eight and seven. They are, honestly, they're getting currently blown out right now by Boston. But that being said, okay. Yeah. Keep going. That makes sense. Even though there's no fans, when you go, when you go to Boston, you know, that Boston's a good team. Boston is, is a really good team. They got a good culture up there, but Cavs were able to beat the Nets, and yes, I know it was just the beginning of this new big three, so 
you know, it's not going to take not saying that we've destroyed everything that they're going to do because you saw what it was here with LeBron, K-Love, and Kyrie. It took a while for all of them to figure out where each one's going to be on the floor, where they like the ball, who's going to take each shot. All of that will be figured out with time. And if it doesn't, those characters, it'll either combust or it'll lead to a championship. I'm saying... Championship or bust for that Nets team. I don't see any anything in between. Well, yeah, no, I 100% agree that, yeah, they absolutely, absolutely need to win a championship whenever you have Kevin Durant on the team, you have Kyrie, and you have James Harden. The fact, though, is I don't think they're going to have all three in the playoffs. Now, take that however you may. Okay, I think Kyrie is a head case, and 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 as head cases normally go, they are they you know come in, come out, come in, come out. I don't think Kyrie, I don't, I don't know where Kyrie's head is at. Let let's put it that way. I don't know where his head's at because he does come out and say a lot of crazy blasphemous sort of stuff and just weird sort of stuff. But then he'll come out and he'll say you know hey I appreciate you know what you what the Cavs did for me, like he did this past week. And pointed to the ring finger. Exactly, which was a great calling. You know, I know it was a short tribute video, but you're only here for, what, seven years? So it's not like you were here for 29 or or, something crazy or 11 years like like Braun was. But Were you against them giving him a tribute video. I heard if, a couple people want, go at him, but if, if you want to, cool. But like once again, I still stand by. Like you shouldn't be. He, he doesn't deserve to go up in the rafters. I'm sorry. Like it just doesn't happen. And I know we talked about that yeah, before yeah, with Tristan and, and everything like that. Kyrie has more of a chance of going in the rafters than what Tristan does in my yeah, mind. Yes. That being said, oh yeah, Tristan is low on that low well, on but, that list. But a lot of people are like, oh, put him up in the rafters. Why not? Why not? And like, yeah, come on. Like I would put. Kyrie in the rafters before I would Tristan, and I wouldn't put Kyrie in the rafters just like as mm. it is. So, I mean, Cavs have always been a classy organization that sure. somehow finds a way to still get their uh, cryptic undermining <laughs> because they didn't do that video the first time they came back. The last right. time that Kyrie actually played in Cleveland before these two games in with the Nets, yeah, was that first game with Boston where. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I was going to say, his, his leg blew up. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. It was having, bad. Yeah. Having a physical therapist for a girlfriend, <laughs> you know, most likely future wife. Right. How she loves those kind of videos. Oh, Kelly, Kelly, my wife, uh, absolutely loves uh, those. The, she's having, she's here right now, and, yeah. and she's, she's smiling off in the corner because, like, she could watch knee procedures being done all the time. I look at one of them, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. No, you know, thank you. We actually have a box in the other room here of yeah, uh, like don't. half-inch videotape of uh, surgery procedures. That- don't tell that to Kelly. <laughs> She'll go and find it. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly's on her way to the studio to try and find that right now. Like, I can't even watch when they're alluding to a procedure being done right. in the room and everything's blurred out and everything. Yeah. Like, I can't even do that because I know what is is all going on. Sure. Those Those... Those, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm our, good. Our, our ladies love to see that. I don't ever want to see that footage again. Like I, <laughs> as soon as I saw him come down, I turned away because yeah. I know that the the TV companies that they're going to. They still play it up. Like, well, as, well as, they do. Like, they have started to blur out certain things. Like, yeah. the, the Dak Prescott well, injury when live, he blew like the up his ankle. One. Yeah. The, well, obviously, yeah. if it's live, they, they can't blur it out mm. soon. But you know, if they if they see it and they like replay it now, like yeah. it's not like how.
now I, I can't remember what that kid's name was. He was uh, played for not not Rutgers Louisville. Kevin uh, Ware. Kevin Ware. Yeah. Against when, Duke, right? When his leg came through oh. the skin and they replayed it over and over, like they learned. Yeah, exactly. They learned from their mistake at that point in time because that was just god awful. But it, it, they've gotten better because yeah. we see the Dak Prescott play now and like it's completely blurred. Like they don't chance it <laughs> like as soon as they showed the replay it, it just goes blur they're like we're not going to show you guys so that's that's a good thing yeah I, they're learning they're they're learning <laughs> just like the Cavs are learning how to play basketball that's right they're the right go. way great transition <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know any way no, 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 absolutely are they for real that's 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 the main question right now i know that we're only a couple weeks in they've yeah. only played this is their 16th game of 72 we're, we're a quarter of the way through but i told you that there would be as the season went on there would be a point where even through injuries and stuff they would be you know playoffs would be a word thrown yeah. around this team for a little while it, as, are they for real as of right now they are the sixth seed in the playoffs there for us i mean we're basically two and a half games up on you know where the eighth ninth seed is and i know that they're going to play you know have that play in game for you know i believe mm-hmm. You know, the eight through ten seeds or yeah. something like that. They're they're planning on doing something like that. I think that that's a good thing that that we're we're fighting for. That are we for real? Like whenever you describe, are we for real? Are you asking, are we a contender, or are you asking, are we a playoff contender? Like, like See, how how do you how do you view it? Because because of how I view this team, okay. I can only put the question. In the of are you for real? Are yeah. they for real? In the parameters of are they a playoff team, but okay. not just like bottom of the barrel, you know, pushing towards that middle they, of the playoff, they are. middle of the road playoff. They team. are. Okay. They, I think the way that the East is set up right now, there's no. I mean, we have the super team in Brooklyn, okay? Yeah, and we just beat them twice in a row. It shows that in now once again, one of them was out, you know, was without Kevin uh, Durant, but you still beat them by twelve. You beat them by an average of twelve points. Yeah, you know, with with the three, and then without you know Kevin, you still beat by 12 it wasn't fluke okay i think that they can actually play it just brooklyn just doesn't play defense and that's what the Cavs do now they gave up a lot of points in both games but that's because brooklyn's offense is out of this world oh yeah um, um but if you can play defense and you have solid coaching and jb bickerstaff as of right now is coach of the year material he absolutely is he congrats to coach the fancy yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah you know coi i mean he he was unbelievable this year stefanski okay Mm -hmm. but now you look at jb jb has done a phenomenal job so far at the start of the year and at the you know right before the pandemic hit and we had to cancel you know the rest of the games for the Cavs, they were a 500 team under jb too you know so like he understands how to win in the nba especially with these young players getting rid of kevin porter jr and we'll talk Mm. about this was a culture move yes two years ago last year before jb took over there was no such thing as a culture for the Cavs before because as soon as LeBron left, it was a free for all. JB Bickerstaff has installed a culture so far. Okay, mm. once again, we're early into the year. I mean, they could go on a twelve-game losing streak, and and you know something might happen, whatever. But I truly believe that if this Cavs team is healthy going forward, we lost a couple of games because we didn't have any players. If this team's healthy going forward, I think you could realistically make a run at like. 
the the five seed. It, yeah. I, I really do think so. Um, but I, I just, as of right now, like a, a contender in the East to go for the crown, I don't see that yet. But if you get a couple of players in here, and, and I love what Drummond's doing, but as of right now, Drummond's, he's looking for his next team. Not not him personally, but the Cavs, they're looking to trade him because of, because of the trade to get uh, Jarrett Allen here. Jarrett Allen's going to be a stud. He is. I, I think he's going to be a stud. The way he's been playing the last couple of games, fantastic. I love the afro too. You know, that yeah. <laughs> best best hair, best hair on the Cavs. Well, that and uh, you know, uh Sexton yeah. with the little rat tail. So I love that. This is the perfect <laughs> team for that, Jared Allen. That, because really, yes. Because absolutely. Jared, Jared Allen is the type of player that you want to see develop, but can has the raw skills to already impact games as he did against his former team. Now you want to see him do that against others when he doesn't have that whether you what do you want to call it a vendetta or sure. just want to get back at, at he's still friends with those guys but yeah he is perfect for this team for what they're trying to do what this organization is trying to get back to they are trying to get back to contending at the top of the eastern conference they're not ready for that yet but they are a team that is going to push some of the top contenders and if they are able to get healthy and stay healthy it's always the big question mark one of the things we always talk about on the show you know peter mentioned kickers earlier for the browns <laughs> it, we talk you we talk about you know never trust a kicker we right. also talk about best abilities availability absolutely and some of these guys are going to have to show that they can be available for entire or majority of seasons to really see what this squad what this core has they can push for a four or five seed in mm -hmm. the playoffs and not have to be in the play-in and, you know, basically hamster on the wheel, spinning your wheels down at the seven, eight, nine seed right. every single year. They're on that upward trajectory. But it's going to take guys being able to be on the floor consistently and playing as a unit. But you do have the core piece that a lot of people overlook because, unfortunately, he's the guy after the guy left and in college we, we love him we love colin sexton yeah we love his game over he's scored over 20 <laughs> points in his last 13 games and it's not just meaningless points meaningless points for some for a guy that can score the ball but you don't really still want to see him on your team is when your they they go out and get theirs and yeah. your team gets blown off the floor on a consistent basis. Well, I mean, the guy's averaging 26. Right. You know, he's he's averaging 26. And when do you see, uh, outside of LeBron, who's the last guy to average over 25 points? I don't know of one. Right. I mean, it, yeah, I remember the one year, yeah, it was right before LeBron mm. got here, Ricky Davis averaged 20. You know, yeah. like, but like, oh. I don't remember anyone outside of LeBron ever, in my lifetime. I don't remember that. It, it, it's one of those things where I'm just so, well, maybe Kyrie. Ky Kyrie, I was going to say, Kyrie. I, maybe Kyrie. But um, you see more of an attention to detail. Like, yep. it's Colin Sexton almost taking on a Nick Chubb mentality. Like, he, he just goes a worker. For a yeah. worker. He's going to go out. He doesn't need the commercials. He doesn't need the press to show you what he is. Right. He's just going to put that on film. Now, as he gets you know more recognition across the league, he's going to open up more money opportunities for himself to be marketed. Of course. And that's that's totally fine to have a brand within a culture. Mm -hmm. I think the problem with Kyrie has always been he he, he is brand all the way. Yeah. Without 
any semblance of trying to make sure that what he's trying to do as a basketball player on and off the floor, and he's done some good stuff off the floor. Of course. He bought George Floyd's family a house. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has done more, like, philanthropic things like that. Absolutely. But But then he goes off and says dumb stuff, or he just steps away from his team. He does dumb, weird stuff. Yeah. Because he's about his brand, not anything with the culture. Colin Sexton can have an eye to what he can do for his own brand, but he's allowing that to build itself so because of the culture the Cavs have established. Real quick before we you know hmm. start wrapping this up here for us, where are you at with Colin? Can he is he a number one on, on a team? Not Yet, do you I, think he can get there? He can get there because okay. of nights like the the first game against sure. the Nets, and I know that people were already asking like, is he a star or and perceiving that as is yeah. he a superstar or or whatever after that game because the dude went Balled off, out. scored twenty out twenty straight points, and when, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, as a shooter, when you get in that groove, like nobody could stop him. They were right. rotating. They put everyone on him. Uh, Kyrie, you know he can't play defense, but then James Harden took a step. He actually played really good defense. James Harden doesn't play defense, but those guys were playing good defense on him. Then you get get a workhorse like Jeff Green on him. Then you go with KD, who's got the long arms, got this ridiculous wingspan, and was able to block a couple threes earlier in the game from Mm -hmm. Sexton. But once you're in that groove, he's a guy that can find that groove and can be a number one. He's not there yet, and that's not to discredit because we all love Colin. We love Colin Sexton. Love him. We've been on the Colin Sexton train for a long time. Absolutely. But I'm trying to look at this realistically from a basketball, pure basketball standpoint. I see that potential because it's people like me saying he's not there yet, mm-hmm. and him knowing he's not there or feeling he's not there yet, right. and no, never feeling a set of accomplishment and feeling like I've made it that he's just going to keep getting better and, and better and becoming that number one that you can build around. And as much, and, and my final point here, as much as I love Colin Sexton, I don't think he'll ever be a one. Whenever I say a one, I'm talking superstar, okay? Because to me, that's what a one is. If, mm. if you're a two, look at someone like, um, I don't. I think Kyle Lowry is like a good two. You know, like yeah. I, think, I think Sexton can be better than that. I think Sexton could be on the level of like maybe like a CJ McCollum. Yeah. Like Dame is a one. Okay. Yes. I see CJ as a two, like a, a great two. I could see Sexton being as good as CJ McCollum, but that's not a one to me. Right. You know, so I don't think CJ McCollum could lead a franchise. Just like Scottie Pippen was the greatest number two of all time. He could never lead a franchise to a title. Now he can get you there, but in down the road after many of many of championships, mm. and you know, go to Portland and maybe be able to get you there like he did back in the day. But like now, I I just don't see that happening, you know, in this NBA culture because stars start, you know, locking up with stars and everything like that. I don't see that happening. I don't think that Colin is going to ever be a number one. I hope he proves me wrong, but I think he could be a phenomenal number two and and be a true all-star player and and, and continue to go to all-star games because I always thought that his ceiling was like the all-star level and consistent. He can score so many points. He's so good with that, but... Whenever it comes to everything, like I just don't see star, star, star quality. And to me, that's a number one. That's a number one player. 
And I I definitely understand that. And I agree with that style of number and one. And once again, if he if he proves me wrong, I'll be yeah. the happiest guy in the world. So I see a workhorse that can work to maybe not quite to that point, but sure. very, very close. But they'll outwork you for sure. But the number one I think he can truly become is the number one staple of your organization. You brought up the perfect name. Kyle Lowry, yep. who has become the staple of, well, of course, they're not playing in Toronto. They can't play in Toronto, but <laughs> right. for the Toronto Raptors, the ideal scenario, the dream scenario then for Colin Sexton and how he's developing and becoming that dog out there on the floor, then go get you some, right. help out his teammates, dog on defense. Yep. Is a guy like Kawhi Leonard then coming into the fold who you know That's is. That's who you have to bring in. You have yeah. to bring in someone like that. Right. And even I'll even compare that to the Jarvis Landry model. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a number one wide receiver receiver or number one on the team, mm-hmm. but he is that staple that you need right. because he is the culture setter, the culture builder, and the culture progressor. Mm-hmm. That's who Colin Sexton can be for this team, like someone you always want to be a part of that core and kind of be, if you're able to get... A, a, an actual number one, yeah. a superstar number one mm-hmm. into this team, the person you go to first to learn what you're getting into with the Cleveland Cavaliers, you're going to Colin Sexton. Agreed. That's the number one sure. I see Colin Sexton being. And that, and that's fair. And, and yeah, at that point in time, 100% with you there. Yeah. And I know we mentioned the KPJ trade too. We we were hoping he would be someone that come in the fold to add right. to once all these guys came back from injury too. We mentioned culture. I just think that that whole that whole trade, and after that incident in the locker room, getting upset that someone else is given your locker, and they they took a chance on him. Mm-hmm. They gave him a couple. They gave him a few chances. Absolutely, they did. They they were trying to give him all the resources. They knew the red flags, but they saw him as someone that could help this organization, and they right. could help him at the same time. Yep. They were trying to help him. He wasn't taking it on. You don't want to be a part of it, just like OBJ next year. Anybody that doesn't want to be a part of these cultures that are being built with the Browns and the Cavaliers, you're not going to be here. Deuces. Right. You're gone. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I loved KPJ's, not not presence, but like his his you know ability. You know, his basketball ability is mm-hmm. is out of this world. Could realistically be a superstar type of player. That he has that sort of talent. Just oozes talent. But the issue is 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 the mental fortitude, you know, of a player. And being that young, you hope he gets it right. Because the worst thing in the world to me personally is yeah. wasted talent. Yes. I hate more than anything else in the world people that waste their talent and, and just you know just don't play to their ability, which it to me like if you are given a God-given ability, yeah. I hope and pray you can utilize it to the best of your ability. But people like Kevin Porter Jr. just not being there mentally right now, hopefully, and he's had to deal with a crap load of stuff. You know, yes. his father passing away and, and all of his childhood drama that he had back in the day. You know, I mean, you can go back and look at all of it, but it, it is one of those things where it's like you hope and pray that he gets it right. And I hope it's in Houston, you know, because Houston losing James Harden and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, losing all those guys. They got John Wall down there who's who to me is a mature, you know, much yeah. 
much yes. more mature player now than what he was back in the day. Yes. So I think that going down there, hopefully they can get it right down there for him because I would love nothing more than to see Kevin Porter Jr. ball out in the Western Conference. That would be amazing. I hope he starts averaging 20 and, and does everything like that, but it's going to take a lot, a lot, a lot of work for Houston, the, the organization, everything like that. You have to have the right family and formula around that kid in order for him to blossom. I hope he gets it right. Wish KPJ nothing but success moving forward. The harsh reality is there are those that want it. Yep. There are those that don't. And that's going to, in many people in that kind of case throughout professional sports, that will all figure itself out, hopefully for the best for KPJ and down there with the Houston Rockets. You know why I'm excited about being a Cleveland sports fan right now? It's not about, it's, it is about the team's winning, but more so. What was the word that we used a lot here today? Culture. Culture. Oh, yeah. The culture that has been established and is still being established and is not, of course, set at by any means for these teams has me so excited and so enthusiastic about the future, whether these this season that we go through or the ones moving forward has me so enthusiastic. We also got great coaches in this town mm-hmm. and manager. Just unfortunate that the Indians are, you know, it, they have a good culture. We'll see. But I don't know if the the wins will right. follow based on whatever their roster ends up looking like. That is a conversation for another day. <laughs> but that is just about going to wrap it up for the voice of land. But I would be and we would be remiss right now if we didn't send our thoughts, prayers, condolences to the family, the friends, fans, and to Hank Aaron himself, the true right. home run king, the one that you talked about God given ability and using it the right way a guy that went out there and did it the right way, a Browns fan himself. Um, Losing a legend like that, I know we lost Larry King as well, but in the sports world, particularly losing a legend like Hank Aaron, that hits Back-to-back days. Back-to-back days that hits a lot of people hard. Any any thoughts on on Hank Aaron that you wanted to wanted to share, or any any the, were you brought up on the highlights so, of Hank Aaron? So I mean, I to me, I always idolized and growing up I loved Babe Ruth okay you know like you go back and I'd watch like the sports century of Babe Ruth and everything like that and you have to respect like as much as much as Babe Ruth had fun playing the game and everything like that the the torture that Hank Aaron had to go through, you know, playing in Milwaukee and playing in the deep South, you know, with the Braves, you know, like he dealt with so much crap that people will never realize. Okay. I know that there's, there's been talks that he was getting like three to 5,000, you know, hate, you know, hate mail a day, you know, people calling him the worst words you can ever think of. And, and just for him to go out there and be a 25 time all-star, you know, like to be the home run King, you know, for, for, so long and yeah i know everyone talks you know like oh barry bonds isn't the true king i saw all those home runs go over the fence for barry bonds i'm, yeah. I'm gonna count those uh but but hank aaron did it with such just grace and i mean he was such a phenomenal ball player not just you know he wasn't just a home run hitter no he had a you know a solid batting average he's number one in rbi you know like i mean he has over three thousand hits i mean the guy was phenomenal you know all throughout his career once again 25 time all-star 
you know, was a, for a stretch of period, he was 20 to 20 all-star games. He made them all, you know, so it, it's, it's one of those things where you absolutely have to respect everything that, uh, that he did breaking the home run record. I mean, once again, I, I love Babe Ruth and, you know, just like the way that he, yeah. he, he played the game and, you know, just this big fat guy going out there hitting <laughs> home runs. It was awesome. Uh, but Hank Aaron struggling to get through everything that he dealt with. You know, no one thought, you know, what, you're going to hit 715? There's no way you can. Mm. And then there comes this black man in in the South, and, and he hits one over, and then, you know, all, it, it just people go crazy over it. Yeah. And and he continued to hit home runs after that. You know, so I, I just, I absolutely loved everything about him. Uh, you know, Hank Aaron's family, I mean, you know, God bless to you guys. Hank Aaron, you know, rest, you know, rest in peace. Uh, phenomenal, not only a phenomenal baseball player, but as a human being, you know, I once again never got to meet the guy, but uh, from what you hear stories about him, you hear that he was nothing but class A personified. So God bless him. God bless his family. Once again, God bless Larry King as well. Uh, you know, I've been in the industry for a billion years, yeah. you know, so God rest him as well. He's, you know, two of the all time greats. Yeah. Class dignity and grace are some of the best words to define them and i know that when hank aaron hit 715 everybody sees that highlight and how the fans rush the field right but not not a lot of people realize hank aaron said that he was you know especially being down there in the deep south he was he was afraid he had some he had fear running around those bases and there is still some of that fear that he was fighting again like fighting to get rid of yeah back then still in society today. Oh, yeah. So let's take a lesson from Hank Aaron moving forward into society. Let's choose love and not hate. Let's choose equality and not segregation. Let's choose to be better people, a better country, no matter what side of the aisle on anything you may be on. Let's all vow to be better in in the grace of people like Hank Aaron who have left us too soon and left this earth and also prayers, thoughts, God's graces to the Bryant family as in a, I know in a couple of days it will be the anniversary mm-hmm. of the unfortunate tragic death of Kobe Bryant and his his daughter Gianna and eight uh, seven others uh, from that day but I'm going to honor what his wife Vanessa said that we want to celebrate Kobe's life yep. and that mama mentality and something we talk about so many times on this show. We are honoring Kobe and the life. I was calling a basketball tournament last year when it all came down. And yes, the news struck. It hit hard across the gymnasium with high school kids that have looked up to Kobe Bryant, both on and off the floor. But the tournament kept going in honor of Kobe Bryant, in honor of Gianna, in honor in honor of all those people to celebrate the life that they left, the legacy that they left, the impact that they had, the reason why she wants everybody to celebrate Kobe's life, Gianna's life, the rest of the people that were in that crash, their life and not focus on what actually transpired that day is because they left a everlasting legacy of love, of inspiration, and that is why that basketball tournament continued. That's why so many pl- so many young players still talk about the impact that Kobe had on their dream to be a basketball player moving forward because of the type of person and the type of family 
that the Bryant family is. So thoughts and prayers with you guys. We celebrate Kobe's life here on The Voice of the Lamb. On that note, that is going to wrap it up for this edition. I wanted to make sure we got those special uh, moments in to end the show. But for my brother, Nick Paulus, our producer extraordinaire, Peter Tellup, I am Kevin Arnold reminding all of you sports fans out there, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. And we do truly love you all, 3,000. We will see you all next Sunday at 7 p.m. right here on the Big Play Network.